All right, we are back in the saddle this week. Back in studio, and where are the pens? Lewis, they're all gone again. I turned my back for a week. The pens are all gone. You come in here after hours and just scour the place of pens. I need a pen. Yeah, pens, pens tend to walk away on their own a lot. Are we on that tight of a budget here? Well, War Room, the Hockey Podcast, back in studio this week, episode 21. What do we have for him this week? Well, while you were off gallivanting around, having a great time, playing around at Breakaway Brewing or a wedding in Calgary, I am on duty. <laughs> I am putting in the OT. I'm watching the uh, World Junior Showcase, watch the Holinka Gretzky tournament, the other under-18s, uh, monitoring what's not going on around the big show. So lots happening while you were gone. I hope you had a good time. I was here holding the fort. I had a lot of fun. It was good. Well, good. Although I kind of came down with something while I was in Calgary. Like a flu bug or something. So I spent a lot of time. Had to leave the wedding a little early. Ugh. Had some chills and all that stuff. So it was a interesting, interesting time. Ick. Well, woke up this woke up this morning for feeling for the first time in five days or so feeling not a hundred percent, but at least close to it. Better, so, eh? Yeah. So, but it, no, it was fun. It was good. Good but, to be back in. Yes. Good to be back um, in. And so, this should start. Uh, we're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna do a trip around the dub coming up, aren't we? Or the BCHL at least. Yep. And then uh, probably a run through the NHL. Before the season gets started, so as people get ready to go to camp in a couple of weeks, we'll be... Yeah, camp starts for uh, previewing. BCHL here in a week or so. Yeah, starts next uh, week so here we in Penticton. We will, um, throughout the course of camp, we'll run through, if not all, most of BCHL teams. Yep, hit the high points um, And everybody. everything like that. And then after that, so that'll be first, and then after that will be, um, will be the NHL. Run through... Run through Team by team, division by division, uh, the NHL a little bit as camp gets going for them. And then uh, if we have time, which I don't see why we won't, um, we will uh, touch on uh, some WHL teams and uh, go from there. Yep. And then by then, the season is the season is kind of underway. Be so underway, yep. Um, but yeah, episode 21 of War Room, the Hockey Podcast. This week, kind of players and teams to watch, I guess, is the theme this week kind of yeah this is a players to look forward to i guess in the future and uh so before anything hit the hit the subscribe button and uh settle in for episode number 21 of war room the hockey podcast Episode 21, players, I guess, to be more specifically, to look forward to here in the future on this week's episode, as well as the the, uh, the silence with RFAs in the NHL. Deafening. Um, but first, we'll get uh, we'll cover uh, some of the uh, eight U18 uh, tournaments here uh, that have happened over the past couple of weeks. Uh, 
kind of a preview for the World Junior Tournament that's going to happen over uh, Christmas and New Year's uh, this year. And uh, prospects and players to look forward to um, in the NHL that either have been drafted, that have a chance either this year or next year to make make a, a roster, and players that haven't been drafted and, and what teams have to look forward to next year or the year the year after. So that's that's this week's episode um, brought to you by RyanWalter.com. Ryan Walter, uh, former NHL player, uh, actor, writer, um, <laughs> all around good guy. All around good guy. Show. He uh, he's a leadership guru. He runs leadership retreats in uh, British Columbia, correct? Yep. And um, also has a website, RyanWalter.com, where he can where he offers um, daily motivations and insights. Um, look him up, RyanWalter.com. Overall, great guy. Friend of the show, Ryan Walter, RyanWalter.com. Also, Breakaway Brewing, the finest in craft beer in the Okanagan. If you're in, ever in the Okanagan, stop by downtown Summerland on Victoria Road and check out Breakaway Brewing for all they have to offer. This week, episode 21, players to look forward to. You you said you watched the Holinka Gretzky. Yeah. And... And the other uh, the other tournament this the, over the past couple of weeks that was it was great stuff. Uh, the Holinka Gretzky tournament was really there was a lot of really impressive things happening there, uh, and I'll get to that in a minute. But both of these things had uh, both the uh, World Junior Showcase, which is you know basically the guy most of those guys had already been drafted. Uh, the World Junior Showcase was uh, not as serious, obviously more of a more of a display but they both these tournaments had more they had about nine scouts for every fan that made their way into the building but that's not what they were for necessarily anyway the um there are a few names that really jumped out watching the the under 18s there is a uh, a goaltender named Yaroslav Askarov from uh Russia who is maybe yeah, he's he's probably the best uh, under eighteen goaltender I've seen in ten, twelve years. He might be the best under eighteen goaltender since, since Carey Price. He's going to show up uh, early in the draft in twenty twenty. They uh, they also had a kid named Ponomarov, a forward. Uh, I think Alexi Ponomarov. Anyway, real good looking player. And the thing that impressed me, you know, I, I'm not I'm not often impressed with the Russians. They instead of having the jaw-dropping talent where you where somebody would stand out over the past years like a Evgeny Malkin or Pavel Bure or somebody like that just magical uh magical skills this was just a solid fundamental russian team and uh they beat canada in the gold medal but only because canada got absolutely out goaltended by this askarov kid and uh so it was fun to see the Russians playing a real straight-ahead brand of north-south fundamental hockey. Um, there were um, there were a handful of guys that that looked really good in that tournament, and I was impressed with the depth. You used to see at the U18s, you would see guys uh, every year. There'd be a couple of them, and they would jump off the page at you. With because they were so much better than everybody else, but the the depth of these teams now is amazing. They were rolling four lines and three pairs and two goaltenders, and they were 
they were just all solid and and the depth of development now is really really spectacular but it was uh it was a fun tournament the guys play their hearts out and um canada lost as i said uh three i think it was three two uh to russia in the gold medal game but they were um they were really playing hard and like i said the place was filled with scouts and and there's going to be a lot of these guys show up uh this summer so you missed a pretty good time while you were over getting food poisoning in calgary apparently um <laughs> any 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 of the the kids who may not make it to the world junior tournament because they may get locked up in an nhl roster this year well because you, you see that every year yeah. where you, they get an invite and the country wants them, but NHL team won't let them go because, hey, he's our, he's our young stud. He's our top star. So, you know. A lot uh, of factors you know, involved like there. Guys like Bowen Byram, does, well, he, does, he step, does he step away from Colorado to, to either go back to Vancouver with the Giants does he does he go and play for Canada over the world junior for the world juniors, or or is he Colorado yeah. Avalanche from from the moment one of camp? I mean, it's all predictions at this point until camp takes place. But you know, dozens of factors. But I you, I received a text from you about yeah. him oh. specifically how he looks like a man among boys during that tournament. He was a standout. So, you know, so on that basis, standout. from what you saw, is he one that you see Colorado letting go, kind of, to to participate in that? If he if he makes that roster out of camp, and if he lasts past the nine game limit, then no. Too many factors to tell. He's probably they. I, most likely you don't see him on the regular roster on the big league roster for at least one more year. I would expect him to go back to Vancouver, but this kid's a stud and he is, he, he stood out in that world junior showcase uh, amongst the 18 and olders. He was absolutely a standout. He did anything he felt like doing. He was defensively uh, flawless and moved the puck well. And he's, you know, his skating is really a surprise. But that's he's won. Uh, Kirby Dak had a real nice tournament. Yep. Uh, Nolan Foot was lit it up. I he, did see stat lines for him, and he he, he lit it up. He was all over the place. That was a big coming out party for Nolan. Now Foote. I think there. I think he's a guarantee to go back to Kelowna, though. Yeah, he'll be back. He'll be back th- here in Kelowna th- this year. I th- I don't think there's any question about that one. Yeah. Um, the other guy that looked real good is the Broberg kid mm-hmm. and, uh, from Sweden, and yeah. uh, he was what Edmonton. He went to Edmonton, I think. Yeah. Uh, really, really good-looking defenseman. Again, probably a year away, but a uh, real good-looking player. Does it help a guy like Byram, though, um, not to get off, off off track at all, but does it help a guy like Byram knowing that um, Ian Cole and Eric Johnson are out to start the season? Well, or or they'll, they'll look at him more longer term than that. Or do you see a Callie Rosen coming in? Probably, in that position, yeah, you're, I, they're or probably going to Connaughton, yep, or somebody. You've got some guys like Rosen and Connaughton that can fill the holes uh, until, and a lot of it depends too on um, on Timmons. I mean, Timmons is the is the X factor there. If he's healthy, he makes that roster. He's a top four guy if he's if he's not banged up. 
So most of that is going to depend on on uh, the development and the strength of of Bowen Byram. But boy, is that kid! He's he's going to be a star. Just watch this guy five years from now. This kid is an absolute star. Kale McCarr was listed as the number three prospect. Yeah. In the NHL through those rankings. I don't give a lot of credence to power rankings and to different things like that, but he he was still listed as the number three prospect. So All you gotta do is watch him play. Yeah. I mean the guy is he's, he's tied for second most he's tied for the second most playoff points by a rookie to make a debut in the playoffs yeah. in NHL history. He's he so, looked right at home. He had a couple of turnovers in the playoffs. In that in that first yeah. round, um, he made the first round uh, victory over over Calgary, right? He played in that. Yep. He ma- he <laughs> made it for game three. Three, I think game three was his debut. Yep. And it was at it was at Pepsi Center, and that's when he scored his first goal. Yeah. And I think that was his first game because it. UMass was still play, competing in the Frozen Four tournament at that time for the national championship. So, but you saw him play. Did he? He looked right at home. Mm-hmm. He was very comfortable with the puck, not nervous. Uh, it's it's weird when poise you know, with the puck yeah. is an underrated skill to have. <laughs> it's easy for anybody to pick up a puck and without even looking, fling it because you've you're tentative of well i don't want to get hit or well i got to do something with it turn it over and to have the poise to hold on to it and to make the right play for an 18 year old kid making a debut in the playoffs of anywhere to be able to do that is something special so yeah the but the same guy if you if you turn the puck over then you you don't you can't handle it if you if you don't then you're patient. Mm-hmm. Same guy, same play. If it turns over, you're in trouble. If you if you don't, they just say you're very poised and patient with the puck. Yeah. Anyway, the, he um, he looked great. Uh, there, there's that as I said a couple of weeks ago on the show. That defense core in Colorado is going to be uh, they're going to be fantastic. What about uh, um, Lafreniere and um, Quentin Byfield and all them? Did you see them play at all? Yeah, Lafreniere is going to. He, he will be unless he gets hurt. He'll be the number one pick. Byfield is a good-looking player, but and I don't want to insult the kid because I think he's a fantastic kid. But his he needs foot speed. He was not. He wasn't. He was a little sluggish, even at the at this level, at the U eighteen level. But uh, the Peretti kid, uh, per, Perfetti. Anyway good-looking player there. There will be a couple of those guys that will get invites in the summertime or in the fall to the uh, World Junior Development Camp. Yeah. <clears throat> but really, really fun tournament. Hunter Jones had a, had a nice uh, showcase in goal for Canada as well. So they've got uh, they got a lot to look forward to. And that, as you know, we've, we've uh, been on top of that World Junior Tournament for, you know, many, many years. One of the funnest tournaments of the year. One of the funnest two or three weeks of hockey that you can possibly get your hands on. It's a good time now that other countries are able to compete a little bit. Yeah. Not just the U.S. and Canada. Well, you've got at least five now that are in the mix every year. U.S., Canada, Sweden, Finland, Russia. Um, 
Switzer, you, Switzerland puts on a, a every once in a while effort, you, you know, they scare the heck like out of somebody. Yep. So it's uh, it can be fun. Um, anything else from those tournaments that uh, we want to cover before we before we transition to anything else? You know what I I was surprised at is the size. I'm looking up and down those rosters, and you know me again. We talk about this every time it comes up. Scouting with a tape measure. I could not believe how many 5'8 and 5'9 kids there were in both of those tournaments. Wow. It's, it, it still astounds me. And, but you're, playing in those tournaments at 5'9 is one thing. Having Being 26 or 27 and you know being in your fifth or sixth year in the show at that size is another. We'll see where everybody is. It's true. Um, but it's also an indicator that the game is going smaller and faster i mean we can't don't ask the st louis blues about slower smaller and faster again, we won't debate on it again this week but because okay. you're you're too hard-headed to to listen to reason well, why but, bend if you're right why why well, change your mind if i'm right why don't i just stick with it but the the point is that it isn't whether or not the st louis blues had had size and won the Stanley Cup. The point is the game is heading in a smaller, faster direction. If 17-year-olds and the future of the game competing in these tournaments are all 5'8", five, five, then at some point the Pat Maroons and the Tom Wilsons and the Dustin Bufflins and the Ryan Reeves, they retire and they go away. I'll take big and fast. How about that? You take you you build yours small and fast. I'll go with big and fast. You're frustrating me because there's no <laughs> discussion. Like there's I said, no logical, why? objective d- discussion of the fact that eventually things change. There, you can't just pull a, a large person out of your hat because oh, we need size for the playoffs. If the if the game is heading in a smaller, faster direction with five eight guys, then that's the way the game is heading. I mean, that's that's not me giving you a big up yours. That's a that's a fact. The game if that's the way the game is heading, that's it's. Not. I'm I'm heading into the playoffs. So oh, and I'm and I have Mitch Marner and William Nylander. I need a big guy. So okay, <laughs> there we go. It doesn't work that way. If if those guys are either locked up with other teams or retired and gone, and the influx of new talent being drafted and brought in are five eight, five nine, one sixty, one seventy, and Johnny Gaudreau type players, then that's the way the game is going. I mean, there's <laughs> you got to draft them. You can't. You okay? Like we've said a million times, you can have a Pat Kane. You can have a Johnny Goodrow, but you can't have a whole bunch of them. If your team is built that way, you're going to get bounced in the first round. Ask the Toronto Maple Leafs what it's like to have a whole bunch of little guys on the perimeter. Okay, but my point is, what my point is, we we may. I'm not saying we are. We may be heading into a direction where. Teams may not have a choice but to have an entire team of five, eight guys if that's the way the game is going. You've always got a choice. You don't have to do that. You got you got to draft these guys. You I mean look at look at the top end of the draft, Kirby Dak. The only small one in the bunch was Quinn. Okay, then let me let me make this argument with you then. Or not Quinn, Jack, Jack Hughes. Let me make this argument with you then. 
these bigger guys are the very guys that you, both on air and off, complain to me all the time about how they don't fit in the league because they don't have the foot speed. How many times did you complain to me about Nikita Zadorov in Colorado because, oh, he doesn't have the foot speed. But, oh, wait, you need guys that can play the body. But, oh, wait, he doesn't have the foot speed. Well, you can't have, you know, your, you can't have your cake and eat it, too. You know me. I'm so not happy it, unless I'm miserable. So is it, is it foot speed, which tends to come with sleeker guys? Or is it the bruisers, like maybe a Quentin Byfield could possibly be? Yep. Like like a Ryan Reeves is, well, you or got, is or like what is it? As I said, just give me big and fast. I'll take all the big and fast you can draft. But they're and then we're good. They don't really go. That's the point I'm making. Tom Wilson tends to be the exception in that of a guy who's over six feet tall, can skate like the wind, fight and hit, and put up numbers. Yep. Aside from that, you, the big guys are your fourth liners in Ryan Reeves and things like that. Or you're drafting, or you're getting Cole Caulfield and Johnny Gaudreau. If you the, can... the objective point here is it's rare to find size with foot speed. So That's why you get paid the big money. Get out and start scrounging around for them. Quit looking around at 5'9 Swedes, get into the Western Hockey League, and draft me some 6'2 and 6'3 guys that can also figure out how to skate. It can be done. Watch who wins. Watch the teams that continue to win. Look how hard it is to play the Boston Bruins. Look how hard it is to play the St. Louis Blues. Got to draft this way. Got to do it. I didn't say it was easy. Got to be done. I so, look forward to the day a team wins a Stanley Cup without that. Just so I can turn to you, because we'll be sitting together on the couch, just so I can turn to you with a big grin on my face and say, where's your big bodies now? I'll be waiting for that. I'll, I'll, I'll I look forward that to that now. day. I'll wait. I look forward to that day. Even if, it's, even if it's 40 years from now and I'm coming and visiting you... <laughs> And right. and, and sharing a me. sharing a beer at your at your headstone and and toasting you on your birthday and talking to you that way. Even if it's then, I'm gonna come to you and I'm gonna say, "Where's your big bodies now?" When you, because it, it if you win a cup with a bunch of bunch of guys that are five nine, you're gonna have to have me cryogenically frozen and brought back in order to to rub my nose in that. That's not gonna happen. I, I, I hope it does, and I wait for that day. I wait for it. Well, you got a ways to go, pal. Oh, are you so sure? <laughs> you okay. Colorado Avalanche, team you seem very high on right now. Yep. Who's their big bruiser? They don't really have a big bruiser. No, I'm not. You're, I think you're, um, you're twisting it around a bit. You don't need... I mean, I, I like Reeves, and I like Tom Wilson, and I like all those guys. you got to have that. I'm just saying that you get worn out. What I watch teams do that are built small, they're built quick, they get worn down. When And the, the war of attrition, no one cares anymore. Every, 
30 teams last year failed. Only one ended the year happy. And that's the team that won the war of attrition. They are big enough to withstand four rounds of the beatings. And that's just the way it is. It's not, it's not like you got to fling bodies all over the ice. It doesn't happen that way anymore. You can't, you really can't fight much anymore. Everybody's got a visor on. What needs to happen is you've got to have guys that can withstand the punishment. Now, with all that said, I was really surprised that a team like the Winnipeg Jets flunked out in the first round. Tampa Bay Lightning flunked out in the first round. Those are not small teams. So it's not a guarantee, but it is, it, it's, you're just not going to go four rounds deep with a team built low, the way the Toronto Maple Leafs are right now. The way, uh, you know, golly, even Calgary and Edmonton. I mean, guys are suffering with the smaller players. You just got to be careful with that. Look what Chicago did in the offseason. Everything they did was geared towards sizing up. So it's just, guys just don't stand the punishment as well at that size. And so big and fast, Blake Wheeler, Shifley, uh, my gosh, Stamkos. I mean, there's guys all around the league that are both big and fast. You know, that can be done. So they're they're out there. You just got to find them. And there's that's why I was saying that in this year's draft, you look down the look down the list in this year's draft, and you've got guys like Cousins and Dak and Byram and Broberg and guys like that. Those are big kids. Nolan Foote's a big kid. They're but they're also real mobile, very good skaters. So just not a lot of them. Anyway, you know, like we, can anybody get can anybody guess his age? <laughs> sooner or later, just listening to him talk, you, please, you please, can somebody can somebody message message me, Instagram or Facebook, War Room the Hockey Podcast, and just for the fun of it, guess his age. Somebody just please just don't, throw ages at me and let's see who can get it right just by guess. listening to him talk. Give it, just give us an over under. How's that? I could be insulted by the age. It's just, it, you just got to quit arguing because I'm right. And there's just no point in it anymore. Mm-hmm. So even though I proved to you the other day with substantial fact that the guy you claim to be the smartest man in the world grapes? Pur- purposely writes and pronounces names wrong for the sake of drama in, in his segments. I, I gave it, I gave it to you guy, Sean Burke worked with Don Cherry directly. Yes. And watched him do this. (laughs) Sean Burke's not just making this up. I don't think, I don't believe that. I do not believe. I think you hold Don Cherry in too high of esteem. (laughs) He's a beauty, that guy. He is the best. Uh, Although I see you pronounce, mispronounce names all the time. I do not miss. What, I, what I, name do I mispronounce? See, my my elementary school PE teacher. Ah, well, that was long. How many people ago. do you? How many people do you call Mark, and their name is Steve? <laughs> so, you know, it's you're right there. All right. No wonder you hold, no wonder you like Don Cherry. <laughs> I just I like him because he's he's now tied for the smartest guy in the country. 
All right. Well, so there's a it, there's a whole bunch of good players coming along, and and we were talking about Perfetti, who had a real nice tournament. He's going to be ready to play. He will likely get a real <laughs> good shot at the uh, at the World Junior roster. I the, Hendricks Lapierre is going to be a contender. Uh, will Cooley, Quentin Byfield, I don't believe has got the skating ability yet. But man, this kid's he's six, almost six five. When he grows into his feet, he's going to be scary. A uh, lot of really good players. The the Foudy kid, John Luke Foudy, is uh, is another good looking player. So anyway, lots to look forward to there, uh, and that uh, that roster will start to take shape over the fall. So well, that's coming up. We've got. I think we better. I think we better spend a few minutes on what is not happening in the NHL right now. I mean, this is somebody's. People have to be getting nervous now because you've got a bus the problem load of is, guys is that are not signed. The problem is, is you are, you're getting a lot of teams that are waiting for comparables, and that's the pro. That's the problem. Now, before we started recording, you told me about the statement J- Joe Sackick made. Yeah. Um. But on Rantanen. Yep. Now, I, I don't know if this is the right one because I remember reading this statement weeks ago. It was just yesterday. This one was yesterday. Um, it, we we prefer long term. If it has to be short term, it, it it will be that one. Yep. It was. This is yeah. The, okay. the statement about so, Rantanen was term. Yep. So Joe Sackick's comment on Rantanen was, "We prefer long term. If it has to be short term, it has to be short term, because we want to make sure we have him signed, which is a good sign if you're." Colorado fan and mm-hmm. your all this stuff because at the end of the day, we can assume that Rantanen will be suiting up for Colorado at some point this year because it will get done long term or short short term. But they do prefer long term if they had their way. Well, yeah. Um, the the days of a of a contract like the, the last one that I remember doing it this way and and it worked and I think this is a model that that a lot of guys are looking at right now was Kucherov. So. He was putting up good numbers. He signed a short-term deal. He signed a bridge deal. Got himself. He was a uh, he was a steal at five and a half million or so, whatever he four and a half, five and a half, whatever he was making in his bridge contract. But then, when when he got to his third deal, that's when he cashed in. That's yep. when you get eight figures times term. So that's that's where guys are trying to get to now because they know that if you lock in. On coming out of entry level, like uh, like Marner or somebody like that, like Kyle Connor, uh, Patrick Liney, you don't want to lock into a, a seven year deal full term at at any number actually, because you figure if I'm going to keep putting up points, the cap goes up, another expansion team comes in, another four or five million dollars every year gets tacked onto the cap, now. Jiminy, my if I sign a three or four year bridge deal to get me to twenty five or twenty six years old, I can really hit the jackpot when I hit my third deal. So that's that's the logic in it. It's why teams don't want to do it. It's why players do. Yeah. Well, there it's crickets. Poor right is now. it ever? It's like a log jam. In addition to Miko Rantanen, uh, just read the, set, the statement from Joe Sakic, uh, Mitch Marner, yep, in Toronto, Braden Point in Tampa. Matthew Kachuk in Calgary, uh, Line A and Kyle Connor in Winnipeg, and Brock Besser in Vancouver have yet to sign 
their extensions. And there's not even any chatter. And there isn't. There, well, there isn't. And um, Kyle Dubas told TSN earlier this month that contract talks with RFAs seem to be at a standstill. Yeah. Um, Everybody's waiting for for with the first domino to fall. Well, it, and I, I. And that just makes it, that just makes it that just perpetuates the waiting game because he's waiting for for so and so to fall but he's waiting for this person to fall yeah. and then and I'm going back to he's waiting for this person to fall who's waiting for this person to fall so now it's a log jam and you uh, start talking about yeah. the comparables yeah it, it somebody has to take the plunge first but I'm going to go back to my original argument and forgive me for not being able to do a single podcast without using the N word, but this is Nylander's fault. He, he's the one that hooped all these negotiations. He's the one that held out when he didn't have anything to hold out for or with. And, and now guys are saying, well, if geez, if, if Nealer, Nylander can put up one decent year and, and put a gun to your head, I'll do it. You know, like everybody who has a 50 or 60 point year now thinks they're going to take over the world. I, I don't like the way this is going. And it's probably going to be, this is going to be something that, that the league has to fix on the next CBA. Because wow. now UFAs, UFAs can do whatever they want. Now RFAs can do whatever they want. All you got to do is hold out. I'll, I'll just sit here until 1st of December and I'll get whatever I want. And then... Now, okay. Now my now the cap's going up because I'm comparable to, uh, I'm comparable to Kyle Connor. I'm comparable to Braden Point. Now I'm gonna be eleven eleven million bucks times short term, so that I can so that I can hold you hostage again in another three or four years when my bridge deal's done. It's really um, it, the the groundswell is not good for for the guys for the GMs, and they're they're feeling the pinch right now. Well, the, it's like you hear this jokester. Uh, Antonio Brown in the NFL yeah. saying that he's not, he's never going to play again unless he can use his old helmet. <laughs> like see ya. it's that type of stupidity, but see ya, bud. Um, easy. yeah, go make, go is make this the kind, is this the kind of, else. is this the kind of stuff though, that can lead to a work stoppage though at the, the next you, CBA? I, you, you hate to think that, but this I is the kind of that, stuff that, this is the kind of stuff that festers. And if the league gets together and says, we have got to fix this RFA issue, um, we have got to give ourselves better leverage with these guys when they're 21 or 22 years old coming out of entry level. If they can't get that past the, the PA, I don't know where it goes. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a roadblock or if it's just something that's going to take a lot of hand wringing to get done. So let me get a opinion question for you. Okay. What do you think is up with Jake Gardner? Because here's a guy, I mean, he's, he's UFA. Mm -hmm. Nobody is, I don't think anybody has spoken to him. Is he, is nobody's talking about whether his back is still bad, what his number is, who's been negotiating with him. If anyone, first of all, he's the deal. He's out in Toronto. Second, you trade for Barry. He's, he's, he's he's done for sure. Um, I don't know. There's a number of UFAs still out there that don't seem to be talking to anybody um, on both ends of the spectrum from high end UFAs to low end. I mean, there's guys that you would think would be valuable 
bottom six guys to a team. Um, Jamie McGinn is out there. Yep. Um, Derek Broussard is out there. I mean, there's there's a number of these guys that I'm, just don't seem to be moving. I'm with you. I like. And I, I can see why. You, now, what what is that? What does that mean, though? Are is it teams waiting to get RFA signed before they they jump on them? What like what's the what's going on? And I I don't know. I you would think that a guy like Gardner would be in high demand, and now we are does a month and a half past free agency. Yep. And his phone ha- has has his phone rang once. Well, here's an know. opinion question for you. An opinion question for you. Does his call him mistakes, call him lackluster performances in in playoff playoffs past yep. hurt him in this he, situation signing somewhere? I've watched Jake since he was a kid, but since before he came over. In the uh, in in the Anaheim deal, with uh, he came involved. he came over in the Anaheim deal. Yeah, he came over in um, the deal with Joffrey, Joffrey Lupul. Right, right, right. Yeah, Joffrey yep. Lupul. And he's I mean his skating ability has never been in question. Good kid, really offensively gifted. But he was a forward until he was seventeen or so. He yeah. only became a defenseman then. So what I see, and I watch Jake Gardner all the time. I watch the defenseman a lot. He is, he is as good as anybody off the rush. He can defend the rush because it's all skating. Where Jake Gardner gets confounded and his instinct isn't there, he gets confused in his own end. So he gets confused on the cycle. His coverage goes bad when he's stuck in his own end on the cycle. He, he can defend the rush because he can skate backward as well as it, most guys in the league can skate forward. He gets so confused on the, on the cycle that his coverage go, it gets lost. So teams are looking at this going, boy, I need this kind of a skater. After this many years, that's a portion of the game that is very hard to teach. It's an instinctive split-second decision of how to cover and how to switch and how to rotate. He's not getting that. So I think that that and the back trouble is probably why guys are saying, I don't know. A guy wants six and a half, seven million dollars times term. Not so sure. That's just an opinion, and I say that not out of for any other reason than the objectivity of watching Jake play. I'm not one of those guys that's all over him uh, in criticism. Yeah, I think I think he's a great kid. He's a very popular teammate, and he's a tremendously talented guy. Don't know. I had the answer to the question. I don't know. But when you look down that list of, of UFAs, you've got guys that are too old, guys that are too slow, guys that are too expensive, guys that won't move anyway. Uh, Jake's the first run. Jake, uh, maybe Jamie McGinn. Those are the first guys you come to that you go, wow, what's wrong with them? What's, what's happened here? I don't understand that. And I didn't realize that Nikushkin in Dallas was already a UFA. Oh, yeah. He's a, a, like... I, I still think of that guy as like 22. He did not. He did nothing in Dallas. No, he's not found a home there at all. Um, and he, you know, he even spent a couple of years, I think, in the K. He went back to the K to get. And then he came back up. to Dallas, and he, he still back, did nothing. And still I mean, can't so. find his way. But there's but, just there's really nothing. I mean, you look at the look at the guys on the on the list. You're just there. There's really nothing to nothing to shop for. I mean, there's not 
they're not roster changers, none of them. So I can kind of understand it, but especially when you're dealing with uh, guys have their hands full now from within. So you got, you got your hands full with RFAs today. And almost every team does. And if you don't have RFA problems now, you're going to have them next year. So uh, there's, I, I don't expect a lot. Uh, Jake's the one guy out of 30 or 40 of the UFAs. He's the one guy that I thought would be gone by now. Surprises me that he's not. Well, part of the CBA issue has got to be, got to be contract in general because we can sit on here and we can debate all we want, but the, but the facts of the situation are, you know, the standard of pay for certain players is going up. Okay. So, like f- five, eight years ago, uh, you know, a Jamie McGinn on a third or fourth line would get. maybe three maybe and today your bottom six forwards are are garnering at the least four if not six well was we and and then your your middle six your your middle six forwards you know are are getting six maybe seven and then your top tier guys like a mckinnon like a mcdavid you know, like a Braden Point, like any of these guys are getting 10, 11, 12 million, and it's going up. But the, but the math doesn't work, and here's why. The, the math is flawed there because, as, as we discussed, and the, the cap has come up a lot through the spring and summer, as we discussed a few weeks ago, you, you, got, a 70, you got an $80 million cap. Roughly, I think it's 83 or 81 or something. Let's just call it 75 so you've got a little room to spare. you got a 25-man roster. That's $3 million a guy average. You pay one guy 10 or $12 million. Now you got to have four other guys on that roster making entry-level eight, nine hundred. You know, you gotta have you gotta have some sub million dollar guys, four of them to offset every twelve no, million I, dollar player. I agree so with that. Everybody uh, up and down your roster can't be starting at two or three million no, bucks no, and going up. Absolutely, and I agree with that. But what I'm saying is, it maybe that's something that needs to be solved in the next CBA because maybe that's a reason why a lot of guy, a lot of these McGins and Gardeners are not getting signed. Well, for sure. Maybe we're overthinking it. Maybe it's not a back issue or anything like that. Maybe it's maybe it's the contract because what you said, what you just said. And if that's the, that's the case, then that's something that needs to be solved in the CBA. You would think because Jamie McGinn can still be an effective bottom six guy if you can figure out if you can figure out the money aspect to where you're not having to pay him 5 million while also paying two other guys 8 million and this guy 11 million if you can fi- if you can figure that out maybe that maybe uh, Jamie McGinn can still be uh, effective somewhere whereas today he's sitting twiddling his thumbs ho- waiting for the phone to ring type because he he's just be- he's just asking too much money well he's going to be he may find he may be one of the depth guys on that UFA list that is going to find himself in the position of a PTO come training camp. If he doesn't have a better option, he's going to be where guys like Johnny Mitchell and people like that were two or three, four years ago. PTOs, where else do you turn? But the guys right now, guys are thinking now, 
more than ever, GMs have to start managing your cap three and four and five years ahead of time. Because as I said a minute ago, if you, if you don't have RFA problems today, you're going to have them next summer and they're going to continue. Well, that's where Joe Sackick signs Gerard to an extension now. Right. You you get the extension done on Gerard now, which is a long-term deal with a young kid. That was a great move and that's going to really help him. And that, that signing of McKinnon, fantastic move. You get a, you get enough mileage out of your entry level guys. You can pay that 10 or 12 million. You get locked up on enough long-term deals with your regular top four defensemen and top nine forwards you get enough of those locked up for term and then you have a little bit of spare cap space but man if you get stuck with that's why you can't go out and sign a a, a jake gardner for six or seven for long term because then when you're you when your rfas come due now what do i do mm-hmm. now i'm painted into another corner so yep. the guys have to be smarter they have to they have to be patient the better you draft the more of this kind of trouble you're going to have so you just got to watch yourself, and that's that. You're probably right as we talk through it. It's why they're not, why the phone's not ringing for those guys. Yeah. Well, something to ponder for everybody um, out there is: should the CBA, should it be figured out in the CBA, or can it be figured out in the CBA to to work that out to where you can all find common ground to where Jamie McGinn can still play, but not, but not cost a team five million. Well, I I think unfortunately the depth guys and the older guys are going to continually be casualties as teams revolve more yeah. around Braden well, Point and the, Mitch Marner. They're going to now your older guys yeah. uh, and and not that Jake Gardner is an old guy or you know Braden Coburn or somebody like that. These are not old. These are not dinosaur players by any means, but mathematically they're going to be victims of the the players that are now rewriting the history books and rewriting your roster at the age of 20, 21, 22. Well, it's the utility guys and it's that way in all sports. Um, You know, the stars are going to get the contracts. They're going to get the the locked up guaranteed positions. The utility guys are going to have to come in on short notice, short notice tryout contracts and these types of things. And, earn their way on a roster spot. And even if they get on a roster spot, there's no guarantee they'll play. And if they play, there's no guarantee they'll stick. So, and that's utility guys. That's your, that's your bottom six at the most fourth line guaranteed for for in hockey. Well, this is exactly why if I'm an agent right now, right? Exactly. If I'm an agent and I've got a 21, 22 year old kid like Braden point, and I'm trying to advise him. I'm saying, get your money right now. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about loyalty. Don't worry about perception. Don't try to make friends. Cash the checks right now because at some point you're going to be Mike Stone, Jamie McGinn, Mark Mathot, Jason Pominville. You're going to be Ben Hutton, Adam McQuaid, Lovejoy, Brian Boyle. You're going to be the guy who is now being pushed out the back door by the next Braden point that comes along. So get the money right now and teams that, you know, it's a free market system. When you're that guy, you, if you've lost your foot speed, if you've been banged up a little bit, if you're now in your mid thirties, your bargaining chips are gone. 
They're just gone. Yep. So you, that's why you see the RFAs really pushing to get paid. Getting, and you, and you got to into the till right you, now. You got to at least you got to applaud a player who can get paid. Sure. I mean, well, you, you got to be you got to be happy for them that they can get paid, no matter the sport, no matter anything, yep. no matter their position, no matter any of those things. If they can if they can go home, put their head on their pillow at night, knowing that I just made this much money in my paycheck for basically not doing much like William Nylander getting 6 million for sitting on the beach. I mean, <laughs> why he, you got, you got, I know you don't like him, but, or at least like the situation, but you got to at least applaud, applaud that he was, that he can get himself paid because right. if you're in, if you're in his position, Do the same we'd be clamoring for, for that as Willie, well. So Willie didn't break in to Scotiabank center and steal the money out no. of the till. Dubas wrote him a check. Yep. It's not it's not Willie's fault. Absolutely. I just don't like the way he plays. I don't like the situation. The kid didn't do anything illegal or wrong or immoral. He just simply wanted to get paid. Now, if you're going to blame somebody, I think every GM in the league probably, you know, wants to take a slap at Kyle Dubas for for making the market what it is because he changed the landscape when he wrote Willie that check after the holdout. He changed the landscape. If he leaves that kid parked in Sweden for the for the winter, or the trying to go to the KHL or something, maybe we're in a different deal. Maybe now Point and Liney and Kachuk and all these guys are already signed. I don't know. We'll never know. But no, it wasn't his fault. Dubas kind of ruined the leverage a little bit. Well, yeah, that's kind what of threw, I'm threw the leverage away. Desperate to have him in the lineup, so just okay, fine here. Rather than you know what. We have Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Marlowe. We've got we've got guys. So we're gonna go compete. You want to be a part of history. You want to be a part of this. Yeah, you want to be a part then, of it. Then come in. play right. for what we're offering you. Otherwise, so here's what here's what irritated me at the time, and I'll just use this as the example of, of the day. But at the time, all the players came out last fall, last summer and fall at this time, and. <clears throat> Everybody being asked through camp and through the beginning of the season, what about Willie? What are they going to do with Willie? Every one of those guys, like Marner and Matthews and all of them, they all said the same thing. Oh, we can't wait to get him here. I hope he signs. We need him. Lovely. But now Willie took his $7 bucks. Now what's left? Now, okay, you guys all want your money too. We got a cap, remember? So at some point... Well, and hockey has a... Hockey has a hard cap. It's one of the things that makes hockey great is that it's a hard cap because then you you avoid your BS super teams and all these yeah, things. That's, and you have a hard cap. I'm and, fine with it. I think the cap is a great idea. I think it works in everybody's favor, whether absolutely. they like it or not. Yeah. <clears throat> but managing within it, that's that's where the that's where the tricks are and that's where you know i'm not trying to just bash on kyle dubas because he's a smart kid but he uh, so on the heels of making what i consider to be a pretty significant mistake signing nylander he comes right around and he he plays the shell game with long-term injured reserve and he picks up what dave clarkson or or i think he got dave clarkson's contract back so he could actually free up more space so he's He's able to sign Marner. They've got the money to sign Marner now, and they've got the defense course stabilized. So now it's just a matter of term. Is he going to sign him? Probably going to get eleven million. Is it going to be three years, four, five? 
I doubt that it's going to be six or seven, but so he's, he's doing his job. It's just, it's all guesswork. Unfortunately, you're it, when you give a guy a seven year contract at the age of 22, you got to, you are guessing at whether or not when he turns 29 or 30, is he still going to be productive? And what's, what's my cap going to look like? So we'll see. We'll see. But you looking at the, you look at a list of unrestricted free agents. There is not much to work with there. You look at the restricted, restricted free agents list. It's an all-star team. Mm -hmm. It's an absolute all-star at every position. There are great RFAs and there's really not much in the picking of the UFAs. There's, I, that's, there's really nothing there to, to, to choose from. Well, and no, no offense to guys like Gardner and that, but no. Well, speaking of guesswork, taking a guess, do we get into the season before guys start signing, or do they start falling come camp? Man, well, that's just that's an absolute. Because there's a lot of confidence going toss. around with with teammates like Tavares and different guys like that going, oh, well, I'm confident he'll be here for camp. Well, do do guys sign for camp? Or do we get a number, if not all of them, still sitting coming into the season? I believe Dubas will have Marner signed. This is mid-August. I think Dubas will have Mitch Marner signed by camp. When he does, my hunch is that you're going to see then Braden Point and Connor and Kachuk and everybody else fall in. Whether whether they're all looking for roughly the same kind of term, the same kind of number, who knows? The one guy that I don't see, the the one guy I don't see at all is Patrick Liney. He is too inconsistent. He is a one-string banjo. He can shoot the puck. He doesn't have much of anything else yet to offer. And I think that is a misguided kid. And I don't see Chevy signing him to a big deal because he's just not somebody that you can rely on all over the ice every night. And, and Connor is way different. Connor's a penalty killer. He's got a lot more to offer. I think Patrick Liney is going to screw himself to the floor. Just my hunch. Again, meaning you see him being the guy sitting coming yeah. into the season because he's the, he's I the one he's, guy that just won't come to an agreement. He's going to try to put himself in that Braden Point and Marner atmosphere, and he doesn't have that game. That is just not how he plays. He doesn't have a complete game. He can shoot the puck with the best of them. That is all he can do at this point. He needs to sign a really good, solid three- or four-year bridge deal, and he needs to learn how to pass the puck, how, how to uh, play all over the ice. And, yeah, I know goals are expensive, and he can put up 30 or 40 or 50, but... Yeah, see, you can't go a month and a half without putting up any points, and then and then expect to hold the team hostage on your on your RFA deal. That's the one guy that I don't I don't see coming out of this deal, uh, coming out of RFA, the, where he wants to be. I'm, well, I'm a little surprised Zach Wierenski isn't signed in Columbus. I mean, they've got they've got they're not even to the cap floor after what happened to them in the spring and summer. Well, again, oh, it fits the, he's, he's waiting to see the comparable it? conversation. Yeah. Right. right. So, I mean, anyway, it's the log jam, which means it starts somewhere. So does it start with Marner? 
if Marner's the guy that everybody's waiting for, then everybody falls in line after that. So when so and so's waiting, say Kachuk is waiting on Marner, well, Rantanen's waiting on Kachuk, right. and points waiting Connor's on waiting on Rantanen, yeah. and points waiting on. I mean, so it it's a logjam where. When they when when Dubas got the money out of long term injured reserve, on the David Clarkson deal, and I think he's still paying Nathan Horton. I think he's still paying Phil Kessel for all that matter. But when they freed that money up, I was surprised that the Marner deal wasn't done within a few days, and that's been two weeks now. So, I look for that deal to be one of the first done because Dubas is actually moving on it. He's got the money free now. They just have to. Uh, they just have to agree on term. So, we'll. S- I, I think he's going to be the first one to fall. Where Should be at? an interesting couple of weeks. Oh my gosh, interesting. Yeah. Um, where are we go? Where are we headed next week? Are we touring the BCHL? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think we're stepping back from the unless RFAs start falling. Yeah. Because then we, we then we'll have things to talk about at the NHL level. If they don't by next week, then uh, next week we'll uh, tour that we'll at least start. We may not get every team in, in in an hour-long podcast episode, but we'll at least start with at least a chunk of the BCHL yeah. next week, uh, touring around, getting ready for their camps to start opening and uh, previewing their seasons and doing all that stuff. Sticking with, uh, sticking with the developmental side of the game, which we yeah. talk about every week and it's and, what you and yeah. I both love to love to pay attention and to. And if the, the scheduling aspect works out, we'll, we'll do a, a couple weeks of BCHL um, to get to get them all covered. Top prospects then, through the um, dub. Yep. And then by then by then by the time we finish with the the BCHL we'll be able to to jump in because camps will be starting second week of September. I think the 13th, for, 12th for, or 13th. Uh, the NHL camps yeah. will start. Yeah. So we'll be able to start covering them as well and really starting to get more information, not only for our content, but also um, just more things just happening. So um, should be a good couple weeks. But yes, BC, BCHL um, st- at least starting next week. Yep. So, get the get the um, prospects looked at for what uh, we're, BC and the Dub. Both. Yep, That'll be that's good. what we're looking forward to. Um, so yeah, and welcome back to work. By the way, if I again like nobody's nobody cares what I'm going through while you're <laughs> off having a good time. Go down to Breakaway and play around all you want. I'll be. Right, I'll be on the job. Mm-hmm. And what I'll was it? A week or two in. before that, I'm on the job, and you're in Spain <laughs> and playing golf and doing all gonna... these things. So, uh huh. But I had to travel. That was grueling. I had to. Travel. I, I, I traveled this before. I traveled. I know. All right. Well, anything else we're looking forward to in the coming week or weeks heading into camp here to close out August and Plenty going happening. September? I, by the way, uh, deal recently got signed. Uh, to put a new building in Calgary, which is right, right, long right. overdue. That's a big thing for them. Really big. Do you thing. like it? Do you like oh, that? I or? love it. Absolutely love it. Half team, half city. Uh, it's that's an awesome deal. And they, I'm. And they need it. They need it. They need it badly. But the other one that because it's not just an it, arena. It's a. It's a. It's kind of like it's one of those in St. Louis where they have the yeah the fan zone the, the, the fan zone community yeah. complex. I mean, it's yeah, like it's going to look a little bit like Edmonton's. It's like an event like center, yeah. like an event zone. It's a destination. Yeah, 
They've got to do something like that in Ottawa. The no, Ottawa they're senators, not going to with Eugene got Melnick. to do something there. That where he, they are out there is in Canada is just not a good yeah. place to be, and the building is. Ottawa and yeah. Eugene Melnick could be another hour-long conversation. I know. So we'll leave it at that. But anyway, we can agree that they need it. We can also, I think, agree, agree that it won't happen, happen with Eugene Melnick there. Right. And we'll leave right. it at that. Um, well, thanks for to, thanks for finally being back. Yeah. For a studio. No, no kidding. Took a. It's been a. It's been a slow month. We had some. Had some time to play, so perfect. Yeah, well, come back at it, um, and we'll get on them next week. We'll get some prospects to look after. Absolutely. Thanks for everybody for tuning in uh, to another episode of War Room the Hockey Podcast. Listeners are the driving force behind what we do. We can't thank you enough for tuning in. Head to Facebook and Instagram, War Room the Hockey Podcast at War Room the Hockey Podcast. Give us a like and a follow. Make sure to head to Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a rate and a review. Share with family and friends. Help this help this show grow. And uh, we will see you next time for the next episode of War Room the Hockey Podcast. I don't even know what you just said. All those words, I like, if we're talking about people guessing my age, I have no idea what you were just saying. But anyway, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. Spread the word. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Evan Rauer with War Room the Hockey Podcast, and I will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers.